Hi, my name's Josh Wade, and you're listening to Uncommon. Hi, my name is Sam Lindell, and you're listening to Uncommon. This podcast is brought to you by Neural Media. Are you an entrepreneur or marketer who needs help making podcasts, video, or animation? Perhaps you don't have time to manage a freelancer or the budget to deal with an agency. Well, Neural Media can help you with simple and affordable content creation, saving you time and money by taking away the pain of producing that content. To learn more, head to neural.com slash media. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com slash media. Play around with our pricing or request a callback directly. Listeners to the show receive a special discount by using the promo code UNCOMMON. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon, the podcast that helps you build your knowledge, skills, and mindset through interviews with unique individuals. My name's Jordan Michaelides, and I'm your host. In this episode, I have for you both Josh Wade and Sam Lindell, directors of Verve Network, a diversified talent agency focused on pushing the boundaries of entertainment. Most of the audience will know Josh from his work as a comedian, but not too many will know of his foray into the world of managing talent. In under two years, Verve has made a name for itself as a serious player in a stale industry. The stable of talent includes the likes of Isaac Butterfield, Luke Kidgel, St. Lane, Frenchie, and the Fairburn brothers as well. Uh, this was a short but nonetheless interesting chat during the Comedy Fest, which covered how Josh and Sam met, how Verve started, explaining what they do, Verve pitches learning from the likes of uh, industry legends like Michael Ovitz and Scooter Braun and what the future looks like as well. If you enjoy this episode, uh, do leave us a rating or a review. That would be most kind of you to do so. Uh, you know, if you want to keep up to date with episode promos, follow us on Instagram. That's just at uncommon underscore podcast. Or if you want to watch the episode uh, in video, just search Uncommon Neural on YouTube to watch that as well. Show notes and all previous guests can be found at neural.com slash podcast. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E dot com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening, our regulars for coming back, and newbies for giving us a shot. Hope you all enjoy this conversation with Josh Wade and Sam Lindell. All right, we're live. We are live. Josh. Sam. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. Good to be here. <laughs> how's, uh, how's the International Comedy first been? It's good. Very good. Yeah. So it's a long time, but it's it's good fun. You guys have been down here for like three weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh it's definitely been, you know, we we have a, our little century in the office, and uh and I like that. That's why I don't do comedy <laughs> yeah. anymore. So to be to be back in it is is fun. But we're we're creatures of routine as well. Mm. Yeah. You so guys like, are early birds, aren't you? Yeah. Mm. Have yeah. you always been like that? Yeah, I asked my mum and she said I was always like uh, a happy kid waking up in the morning. There was never, I mean, through high school, I just didn't wake up, but yeah. but I was a morning person. When I got up, I wasn't grouchy or anything. Mm. I was always, and, and like, you know, I'll always open the door and either Sam will be awake or one of us will be awake and we'll say something stupid to each other as we walk in. That's, yeah. that's how we start the day. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What time do you guys get in the office normally? 8 a.m. 8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've... um. For the last few years, I progressively got worse at waking up early. Mm. Um, I wake up when you're in the office at the moment, but I've gotten a lot better at having a routine. I think that mm. was it is like I didn't have 
Like, I, you know, I asked all my guests about a morning routine and an evening routine, but I got lazy on my own where I was just staying up way mm-hmm. too late. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's also been the fact that because we've been doing all this stuff, you sort of just have to work insane hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I like, mean, we, we'll go in at eight, but we it's pretty common that we won't leave until 8.39 and yeah. that's seven days a week. With, for the last two weeks, like, it's just been, obviously, with the comedy fest on all... All of these, uh, Lauren's just going full-time in the business as of Monday. Um, so, yeah, it's been like 1 a.m. nights for the last mm-hmm. two or three weeks, which drains you a bit. <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah, we. Uh, I was saying this to Sam earlier, like, you know, our free time for ourselves, like try and fit in a routine, whether that's just going to the gym or doing something like that, is, yeah, from 8.30, 9 o'clock at mm. night until... Uh, 8 p.m. and 8, 8 a.m. in the morning, but like the thing is, we either get up, eat. you need we either, to sleep, yeah, well. you need to you sleep need to in that. So like, you know, either and the way that I think of it, I either go to the gym early in the morning, like 5:30 or something, yeah, shower there, come to work, or uh, go really late and have an early night that night, or go really late mm. at night and get to sleep in until seven. <laughs> Um, yeah. so I tried going to the gym early and I just, it's not for me. I just cannot do it. Really? Yeah, I have do to Do you find that like you just don't have the energy at that time of the day? I just, yeah, I just can't do it. It's, I a, just, it's back and forth for me. Yeah. It's like, do you have enough energy in the morning to get the momentum or are you so tired I just at night can't, that you can't? I can't open my eyes. Yeah. The alarm will go off and I just can't do that. Yeah. But at night time, I have all the energy in the world. See, that's been the biggest thing for me is like, I've, I've now got my alarm. It's 8 a.m. As soon as it goes off, I'm not allowed to look at my phone in bed because that is mm. a bad cue. Mm-hmm. You start just getting super lazy. Um, I'm, I have to, I can only snooze at once. And my partner has absolute privilege, privilege to come in and just open all the blinds. Because you just need to get like light on your I, eyes. I sleep with the blinds open. I Do don't you? close them. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's how I wake up. That's interesting. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know what I do. I mean, the thing is, outside my window, there's quite a lot of palm trees and that, so it's it's dark regardless. Yeah. I don't like my bedroom. I hate it. I actually hate the time that I'm in my room alone. That's really? sort of Yeah, because it's just like, uh, I like the hustle and bustle of it all. Like, you like social contact. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> I don't have what I like. I just like, I like doing what I do, but... Um, Going to sleep. That's all I want to do in my room. Just go to sleep and then get up and that's, and that's it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. and it's very, very common that I'll just walk straight in the door and just walk straight in my room. Straight to, to bed. Sleep. And straight to bed. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I need time to power down. Um, How did the two of you meet? So I actually <laughs> met Josh at his show. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I feel like you mentioned this to me. I don't know if it was on an, a previous episode. Probably. Yeah. Mm. So you met at a show. Yeah, on the Gold Coast. That's because I've lived on the Gold Coast for like 15 years. Yeah. And um, how how long ago was it? Like two, three years ago? Probably, probably close to three years ago. Yeah. 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 And where did this idea, like, where did it? You've met each other. Where did the the friendship go from there to the point that you're like, all right, let's start a talent agency together. It took a little bit of time. We talked on just like Messenger for a while and then we met up probably like, he was still on tour. So like, I think it was like two months later, he came back and then we just met up. But I think we both knew like, we had something like we, when we talked, we always talked about business, nothing really else. Mm. 
And we always knew that something was going to come about, but we just didn't really know what. Yeah. Until about a year later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We 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 were just friends, and like there was there was something. I'm I'm I don't know how to sort of explain it, but I I feel like I've got good intuition and have like a good signal on people and that. And there was just some, for some reason, you know, I'd I'd meet so many people uh, out just doing my my thing and my shtick. Um, but there was something important about Sam. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, uh, "There's something about you that there's a reason that I've met you for some reason here at this moment," and and uh, and that's why we stayed in contact, became friends, and then, yeah, I mean, like like I said, there was probably this one time that um, Sam invited me to go to some polo thing, and it was just to go have <laughs> drinks and act like fuckheads and <laughs> typical Gold Coast. Yeah, 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 and we went to this thing and. Uh, and Sam would tell me like these different ideas that he had for things and they'd make me super excited because at that time as well, I was really um, probably disillusioned, I guess, with what I was doing and and sort of I'd, I'd already had a really good uh, lesson and experience in if I put my mind to something and I say I'm going to do it and then every day I do it, um, I get it. So I was mm. sort of in this weird phase where I was like, well... Maybe I aimed too low. Maybe like if if that's all it takes, if the blueprint is just wake up, say and do, um, then what should I do next with that power? Like I almost felt like I was fucking Matilda. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, we we'd just keep having conversations and then one day we went to, I don't know, it was probably just a Friday and there was nothing on mm. and we were just like, do you want to go grab a drink or something? And we're like, yeah, okay. So um, we went into Broadbeach and just had a drink and and I was sort of already floating with the idea I, I'd started this like little marketing thing called anarchist which was the idea <laughs> yeah real fucking great but the I the idea of it was was like oh yeah we're gonna be like a um you know we're gonna break the barrier we're gonna cause some sort of like anarchy in in this space and do things differently and it didn't really work I'd made a couple of documents and stuff like that but um wasn't really gonna so it was like a bit of entrepreneuring in a way yeah, instead of sure. playing pl- playing entrepreneur Try, i was yeah. tr- no not not really i was just trying i was just trying yeah. different things um well, i've i did that for years you know you, you do all I sorts of things everyone does it yeah. build, build a website incorporation documents all that sort of stuff and and then i just just didn't do anything with yeah. it and uh, um and yes i just said to sam hey like this is I know that you want to do something. I know I want to do something. We're both not really sure what it is yet, but um, I don't know. That was probably the gist of the conversation, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. And literally we went, all right, well, let's do something. Okay. And literally the next day we both met up at uh, a cafe just downstairs from my place and we went on Google and we started to look at just different, uh, not names, but we were just trying to find what are we going to call it, Um and we didn't know what we were calling what. It was like having yeah. a child that we didn't was non-binary at that point. <laughs> um, and we found eventually, after probably two hours, we found the word verve, okay. and uh, which is means like vigor, gusto, which was sort of playing back into that uh, thing before. We were like, well, yeah, that's that's what we've got. We've got heart. We've got desire, and and where the fun part of it is, we're going to go in and play against the chess masters. Um, and they think we don't know anything. Yeah. Um, so that, that's sort of what the fun part was of the whole, whole experience is. So yeah, that's, that's sort of how we met. And from the start, we, like I said, we didn't know what we wanted to do. Yeah. It's definitely evolved from the very start. Mm. Like where did the idea of the 
talent agency come from? Had you already been doing stuff for people? No, or No. Yeah. So, so the way that it started was for about a year, even before this, um, I, and I'd say this is probably about a year and three quarters ago, we were just working from cafes for like seven, eight, nine, probably yeah, 10 months, mm. just literally every single day going to cafes and we'd sit in one cafe for four or five hours. They'd kick us out. We'd go to the next one and just, <laughs> and we were just coming up with different ideas for, you know, different TV show IPs that we could, you know, try and sell to people uh, because I knew a couple of people that worked in TV and that. And, and we were always looking at the Simon Cowell business model of, you know, create an IP, sell that IP everywhere. And, you know, we've, we understand this social space. You know, Sam and I are both consumers of that medium. We understand it um, inherently. It's not something that we've ever learned. It's just what we know. Um and then we were like, well, how do we make money from it? We're just constantly running around trying to get investors. And, and we realized that that was the biggest mistake that so many people make was whether it was an app idea that we had, uh, which we had plenty of those and we'd built them and, and whatnot, or, you know, a TV show idea or a web series idea or something. The problem that we had, and and this is comes back to the ethos and the core of what we do is it was out of our control. Mm. And that's the worst thing for an entrepreneur or anyone that wants to do something is to not be able to grab it by the balls and make it theirs. You know, I didn't want to have someone say yes to me. That's why I became a comedian in the first place anyway, because I was like, well, fuck, I can say whatever the fuck I want and it's my yeah. it's my so, gig. So you wanted something that didn't require insane amounts of capital or, you know, engineering hours or, you know, you, something that you could do with all the skill set that you currently had. Yeah, all, all mm. it required was a good understanding. And uh, and going back to the name, which was having gusto and a bit of heart and and, and working for other people. I mean, we, we sit in a really cool area uh, where we are both... Well, well, our whole thing is, you know, we don't have to worry about uh, investors or, or anything like that because... Uh, our whole thing is just pleasing the end consumer. And when you please the end consumer, you'll always win, whether it's selling tickets for live events, whether it's merchandise, whether it's, um, you know, the online content, whatever it is, the whole idea of it is to find a way for the people that we work with uh, to have, to give the best experience to their, their consumers. That's the only way that we win. Um, you know, money will come and go and, and whatnot. And people have their peaks and flows in, in the entertainment industry. Um, that's easy. Anyone can deal with that. Anyone can pick up the phone, call up a venue and say, hey, uh, can we book this at this time? Like, they're not talents. And yeah. I think a lot of people think they are. Um, our major strength is I think we just understand people. We have a very good understanding of why people do the things that they do. And, um, and I guess that probably just comes back to Sam and I have had uh, interesting upbringings where uh, we've had to understand people that are older than us and, you know, we became men a lot quicker than or became adults a lot quicker than um, other people. I think back to the, the investment uh, point, it's like, you know, the people with the money are older people and we just came to the conclusion that these people have absolutely no idea what we're trying to do. They don't understand it. Mm. So if we were to bring in money from other other people, they have different visions than us and we never wanted our vision to be damaged by anyone else for any reason. So that's why we just went, fuck yeah. it, let's do it ourselves. And like, because I feel like initially you said to me that you guys were considering like just doing marketing 
stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you were just focused on content and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, who was like the first, you know, how did the talent thing come about? Did a comedian say to you, hey, I need some help with this stuff? Or was it like, you know what? Like we could probably do what I was doing for me and then just offer that as a service to, to these guys. Yeah. I mean, we work in multiple verticals. So, obviously, we're here for the comedy festival, but we've got musicians, DJs. We've got a bunch of different... Um, to us, it's the exact same blueprint. It's pleasing the end consumer. But uh, for us, the first one was Isaac Butterfield. Um, and, you know, that was just natural because, you know, me and Isaac used to work together on the road and he was making videos and it was just... a uh, Sam and I weren't really working on anything and, well on any of the talent side of things and he'd just come to us and ask us a question here and there and um yeah i guess that i think it was more like we always knew we wanted to get into this but if you look at the space it's if you want to be a talent you know manage talent you have to either poach them or create them and we didn't want to poach anyone because mm. we had nothing we didn't have any mm. back record of anyone that we've built up or anything like that so we knew we had to make the next star ah. so then we sat down and we said who do we know that we think actually has the potential. And, and it was Isaac. Isaac had been opening yeah. for Josh and I'd met Isaac a few times. I've seen him perform. And I think we just both knew that like he had, he had what it takes. Wow. He just started making videos. I think he'd made like three YouTube videos at this point. So we flew him to the Gold Coast and we, and there you go. And we signed him mm. in. I remember seeing that photo on your Instagram of passing over the, the heavyweight title of mm. something. Uh, in hindsight now, a brilliant analysis. I think. Well, that's why I posted it <laughs> because like, you know, um, Isaac's a great guy um, and and he's very similar to us in terms of it is what it is and, you know, you just, you take the punches and, you know, we're, we're here to, I think, you know, this is something Sam and I were talking about the other day as well as our goal is not necessarily to, um, I guess, take things or, or buy things from other people. It's It's more growing that's the fun part Mm. for us now naturally you're going to have when you grow things you're going to have people um look and wonder why they're why they're doing that and you know you're going to have people in any in any business and you know this is just this just how it is you know but you know people going oh they're not doing it right or you know oh that's not the way that you do it and and whatever and and that's that's absolutely fine i think for us uh, we just stay in our own bubble we're not here to necessarily compete or do anything with anyone um our thing is just to do what what we want to do and and do it our way and there's no one else that exists uh, outside of that and that works for us and and i think i'd agree with that i think um it's i'm the way i'm starting to see it is you guys are at least with with the talent side of things aiming to be the online talent agency I, I don't like the word online. The only reason I don't like online yeah. is because... Digital first talent. It's just where the attention is. Yeah. If if it, if it was on TV and if people were watching that, then we'd be the television agency. Yeah. I don't give a shit. End consumer. And end yeah. consumer is right now they're consuming content uh, through a different cable than what TV was consumed through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's that analysis that you're aware mm. that that is the, the new medium. And a lot of people aren't in this business. It has been for a long time. I don't. Yeah. I don't think we're not revolutionary in the fact no, that we've no. found that. I just think that there's a lot of people that have done it wrong. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that can sell a 1976 Ford Falcon 
uh, and a lot of people are bringing Mercedes Benzes to these people and they're going, yeah, yeah, I can sell it. And they've got no fucking clue what it actually is. <laughs> if you can't post a photo on Instagram, how dare you try and manage someone Yeah. that... Uh, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Well... You see that a lot on um, Instagram. We get that every now and then, like PR people following us that manage these sorts of people. And um, yeah, it's very few and far between the people who fully understand the medium mm-hmm. that they're engaged. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like I said, um, anyone can pick up the phone and call up a venue and, and book book it if you've got the money to throw the deposit down or whatever um our, our thing is uh it, it really is all about how do we make these people uh enjoy the content in whatever medium um these guys are, are posting but it's also the fact that you've had the experience as josh wade and cunning and and these characters that you've created online in your own right mm. so just going to that point you have that experience whereas a lot of people don't I would say. Well, that, I guess I wouldn't say it was a, it was a mistake. Um, you know, I didn't know that that's where it was going to lead me, and you know, I'm I'm very lucky that you know Sam and I met, and that this is where this is where it was always meant to, meant to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said that for a while. I remember you said that for a while that you wanted to to help other talent, help other people. Mm. You know, make themselves. Well, Sam and I just get to live vicariously through it. There's a lot of, uh, I was, you know, there's a lot of comedians that say shit that I was like, I would never say that, but I love that you can do it for me. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the fun part of it is everyone, you know, you're working with all these different uh, uh, people, yeah. you know, and then all these people have different ideas and everyone wants different things. And, and for us, it's like, how do you, how do you make that? How do you make it happen yeah. for them? You know? what, what do you tell, like, if you would have said to the audience, uh, this is what Verve is, you know, Verve Network, Entertainment, Com, Merch. What, how do you explain it to people? You know, if you're sitting on the airplane and someone asks you, what do you do? I think uh, the way I look at it is like we're the virgin of entertainment. Okay. Virgin, the holding company is just virgin, but they've got a lot of other things underneath. Yeah. Obviously, virgin is, I think it's quite jumbled because it's just all over the place. It's just a general holding company, but we are, we are essentially the virgin of entertainment where... Any business that falls under entertainment, we will have. Yeah, and 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 we see that we fit into the perfect axis between uh, entertainment and technology. Mm. Um, and I think that's where the world's going. I think we see it with Netflix, with all those different things. So, um, you know that that's where we're native. That's that's our home. We're not a we're not a business that went from one medium and then we're transitioning into the digital age. And you know we this is where we started so for us uh, it's exciting because it means that well at least with the digital side of things we've got at least a good 30 40 years in the bag that that's that's where it's going to be yeah um so yeah and the bulk of what you do at the moment is managing talent doing events doing merch Mm -hmm. for that for that talent as well some content as well yeah, for You're sure. So we uh, we have our first couple of specials coming out um, fairly soon that right. we've produced ourselves, um, and we've got a great team. We're just about to launch a new a new company called Verve Pictures. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and people will. I mean, the the exciting part for us with that is is because a lot of these guys they haven't been on TV, they haven't had radio time, they haven't had those sorts of uh, you know boxes ticked. Um, it's very hard for them to get funding and it's very hard for them to do uh, anything the way that people 
you know, think that you have to do it. Um, and I don't think anyone's done it right. And I think that we we have done it right. And I think that uh, very soon um, people will look at it and go, nice. That, yeah. That's uh, that's cool. There's going to be probably people that think it's shit and whatever, but, you know, <laughs> fucking do it better and, and we'll see how we go. But, um, yeah, we, we really want to get into that uh, – long-form content uh, creation and that. And that's where we see the, the mediums going and finding out ways that we can produce that ourselves and, and with the talent um, so that they can continue to build different revenue streams for themselves. We, we've we always uh, referred to ourselves not as talent managers but as business partners uh, with these people. Mm. You know, um, each talent is a different brand. It's like Starbucks and, you know, we have a percentage in that store that, that we – you know, we have an obligation to fulfill uh, and that percentage only becomes better if, if they have more revenue streams and, and they treat it like a business. So what works for us is working with people that that can also treat uh, themselves as a business. Right. Because we've only got a percentage in it. We yeah. don't own the whole thing, you know. And and so you obviously you've been doing a lot of live events. You just spoke about the pictures. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about over the next year? Like, what are you looking at in particular? Is it that point that you made about the specials? Is it... I think that's going to be a big one. Yeah. We're trying to revolutionize the way that consumers consume long-form content mm. and how creators can actually make money from it. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I think because, th- I mean, and and this came about um, back, back when I was doing comedy... Um, I was never the best comedian at all, but um, I gave oh, it a crack. You were one of the better ones. Oh, I gave it a crack. <laughs> um, there were so many ideas and things that I wanted to do, um, but the constant chat with management and all those different things was, okay, well, well, we can try and take it here or they're not funding it. And it was this constant, like, it was out of my control. And again, that's uh-huh. a real pet peeve. Yeah. Um, that's so so, so a, a t- someone comes to you, comedian comes to you and says, I want to do this. And what what will often happen is the agent will say, okay, I'll reach out to Channel Nine, Channel Seven, mm, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll take it to Screen Australia, yeah. see if they can get. Some, they've got a funding thing coming up for YouTubers with Google yeah. and. Da, da, da. It's like a up. hail mary uh, type yeah, yeah. thing. Most yeah, of the time. And, and and you end up sitting around just waiting for it, and <laughs> it never comes. It'll yeah. never come, no. and, and it's been like that for a long time as well. Like, it's only ever been like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's been like that with, with television as well. The cool part about, obviously, uh, ah. digital content is, and and where it's going. You know, you look at people like Joe Rogan and Chris D'Elia and all these other comedians and that that have the podcast. That they have uh, their live events. You know, Joe's doing the UFC. He had Fear Factor. You know, he's crossing all these different verticals of pop culture. Um, now, I mean, if people could understand how much money that guy is making it's fine i think people would be sick um because he owns all the ip to everything he owns all of that and you know when that guy can do you know 150 dollar tickets 200 dollar tickets at 5,000 seats back to back 10,000 seats in a night and just do that whenever he feels like it and then come and smoke weed in a studio with elon musk <laughs> that guy is the new ellen yeah he is that guy just took Ellen's spot and Oprah's spot and just mm-hmm. shit on it. He's the and, biggest show on the internet. And he would have gone through the exact same. He's the biggest show in the world. Yeah, I was yeah. Say that. But that's what I mean, though. Like, he, he is the biggest show, you know? And that guy just walked around the gate and just built his own castle and built his own compound. And yeah. I think that's... 
we're living in such a good time that everyone can do that now. You know, if if you want to do this by yourself and you've got what it takes and 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 whatever, then you can. You, you all you need is brand. That's that's the only important thing. This is very exciting because I'm starting to get a better picture now of what it is that you're doing. Right. And uh, it's, you know, like how could you not be excited if you were a talent and you've had that previous experience with the age-old manager business that you've worked with in the past and now you can come to you guys and they can tell you like mm-hmm. some ridiculous Hail Mary mm-hmm. and you'll be like, yeah, sure. Let's go but I don't want to be the gatekeeper either. No. Yeah. I don't want to be the gatekeeper. No, you've got the infrastructure. There's a difference. I would like to build the infrastructure and if it works well, then absolutely. But at the same time, karma is reciprocal and I think that... Oh, that came out funny. (laughs) Um, You know, if if someone wants to do something and we can't necessarily provide the means to do it um, because, you know, it might not be... There might not be a financial return to be able to pay that back or, you know, it might be, you know, a bunch of different factors... um, we'll still always take the time of day to go, well, yeah. how about you try this? How about you do this? How about you do that? Because, yeah. I mean, that, that's just how it works. I mean, you know, this is, we take meetings with people all the time, um, not because we're sitting here and, and we're going, we just want to eat eat it all up and eat, you know, take everyone from everywhere and everything. That's, that's not our approach to it at all. Mm. Um, but for us, it's just if you have a question where we're super open to answering it and if, and if you – you know, kick it off and, and, you know, you win an Oscar and there's a moment that one of us have said something to you and we've taken the time and we just get a thumbs up. Yeah. Sweet. And I think you you might have said that in our previous interview with you that the thing that you got enjoyment from as a comedian was the people. And it goes back to that point you made earlier. I think for you guys, it sort of sounds like the seeing that individual have it whether it's success enjoyment and what they're doing and knowing that you created that seems important for you and i can sort of see now because you sent me when i was asking about things that we want to chat about um before this interview you sent me this interview of gary v and michael ovitz mm-hmm. and i can see there's some similarities there like as in it it I, I don't know if you'd agree with this but i feel like you guys click with his ethos of, mm-hmm. of doing this sort of work yeah well he just changed the game yeah and they took the power out of the the people's hands. Yeah, well, he he's super interesting char- character because he said... We've got another bottle here if you want as well. He said that... Um, just chuck that one down there. Um, he said something like they started the business and the thing that made them successful is they decided to outsource pretty much everything. But that gave them way more power because they were able to just focus on deals and opportunities mm-hmm. and ideas Mm-hmm. They sort of became like playmakers in a way. Yes. As opposed to the classic Asian where it's sort of um, quite passive. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing about a Mike Lovitz is that the whole packaging, that's what changed the game was that yeah. instead of them owning the talent and then them having to go to the studio and pitch a movie or, you know, waiting for the for the studios more like to come to them and say, we want this star to be in a movie. They just had the directors, they had the producers, they had all of it. So they just packaged a movie together made the idea and then pitched that to the studios yeah. instead of the other way around. Yeah, yeah, they've got the writer, they've got the director, they've yes. got the, the talent. They've, they've just got everything. The switch. And they just go, hey, do you want it? Yeah, and also they would introduce those people to each other. Yes. Ju- not just generally, but specifically for these opportunities. Exactly. And then they would 
sort of become a part of that pitch process as exactly. well. Exactly. And it takes less... It takes... Uh, stress off the studio side of, of things because they're yeah, because not sitting they're buyers there, in a way, aren't they? They just become buyers. They're yeah. not sitting there, uh, and and they you know they have allegiances with uh, with different groups of people. That's why you'll always find like Leonardo DiCaprio will always do what is it Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg? Yeah, yeah he's Spielberg. done some insane amount of Scorsese films. You know what I mean? Like they they have those, and, and there's a reason for that. It's obviously they they work well together, but you know when you're making the studio money and you come back to them with another idea that just so happens to have the same group of people the studio goes yep we'll pay double and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going yeah um so you know the studios and and i've always been fascinated by hollywood and and yeah, not necessarily so. hollywood as in you know the place or the location or movies but no. uh show business um yeah I, when- I, i've recently read howard hughes's uh biography and mm. just to see those early years of how this industry basically set it up mm. itself up in the 30s is super it's, fascinating it is fascinating and and at times it's it's terrifying <laughs> to think that um you know these studios owned people you know they couldn't do anything you know the the record label side of things that that that's the most fascinating uh, the music industry is the most fascinating thing i think for both sam and i um in terms of how that works because our first sort of um, exploray into that area was a massive eye opener where you just go, whoa, really? just mm-hmm. become a comedian. <laughs> You'll own it all. But, <laughs> but over there, it's a different thing. You know, you've got a, you've got a system of power that's been in control for 40, 50, 60 years and they've figured out the best way for them to make the most amount of money. Um, and, you know, it takes time to get the right deal. They can also obviously provide a, a massive amount of leverage. So they, they have the power uh, for a lot of that. And it's just, I've always, um, you know, the whole Michael Jackson story in terms of, uh, I think it's something that people forget, but um, he made so much money from it and the live touring and stuff like that, that he, he ended up buying 50% of Sony That's right, yeah. to get out of his contract. And he was on stage in like 2001, um, holding up a sign saying Sony kills and Tony Mottolia, who was the, the head of Sony at, at the time, I don't know if he still is now, is the devil and, and whatnot, while owning the company. Um, the dude bought Happy Birthday. You couldn't sing Happy Birthday on TV. Really? Yeah, you couldn't sing it anywhere. That's why they have different versions of the song. So it was only, wow. I think, maybe two years ago that it was uh, that it was put in the public domain. But, um, I, you know, you hear people like Chris Rock and that talk about him from a business perspective. Um, you know, that's fucking gangster. That's yeah. that's scary. And, and there's a great speech that he makes. It's like filmed on a camera and he's talking about, you know, the, the, the labels and everything they, they focused on on me to just dance and sing and and do what do what I was told but and it goes something along the lines of but they didn't think that I would ever outthink them yeah i mean look regardless of all the all the recent um stuff with uh what is it neverland yeah that story um, doesn't age well does it it doesn't no um he was an artist artist so he he was one of the greats and so he had that insight I think mm-hmm. it goes back to what I was saying before, where you have someone that from eight years old, and this is, I think Justin Bieber will go, th- go through this as well. They understand the business better than the executive because they've been working in it since they were eight. If you started shearing sheep at eight years old and some dude starts at 25 and he's 35 now and you're both the same age, you're going to have some tips for the cunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, 
the artist artist i think is a is a massive uh thing in in the same way as this comedy festival i've heard a lot of comedians comedy jokes jokes for comedians by comedians and they're brutal so uh <laughs> yeah i don't know where i was going with that but yeah. no, it's true so what's what do you think's been the biggest thing that you've learned from michael Ovitz? because yeah, it seemed like that interview sort of crystallized a few ideas in your head that you already had mm. was it this idea of the package primarily we're already doing it yeah we were already doing it but we it was I did read Michael Ovitz's book and it sort of did open my eyes to, wow, okay, this guy did it back then and we're currently doing it now. Yeah. But I just didn't know that it had happened before. There was a someone who had done something. Yes, and it was much more clearer when I read it. I was like, okay, this is exactly what we're doing now in this time. Yeah. Um, and do you think that you guys... So, there's the obvious fact that you'll f- focus on people that you think are talented, right? At the moment... It's been uh, you. You've got musicians or DJs, comics, uh, a few of the. I don't know what you classify. Would you classify Fairburn as comics or performers? They're comedians. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go? Like, what are the other mediums that excite you the most? Is it sport? Is it reality TV? You know what? What do you think is? What are you eyeing off? into the long term like what do you when you're standing there in the shower what are you like this is where I want to go well I think we both have like the biggest visions ever like the cards are close to the chest yes I already think we've given away enough yeah 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 it's 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 funny how uh, I knew you'd say that because I remember watching that interview of Michael Overts with Gary V and uh, he would often say a lot with saying nothing. Yeah. And Have I feel like that? that is You've got yeah. to be good at it. I feel like that is the game of an of of a of an agent of his caliber. Mm-hmm. You know? Um you've just gotta be that type of person. Yeah, it's not like we're we're, we're, we we're don't working have with people here, not not business. I mean yeah. of course they're business, but they're essentially people. And yeah. it's like, you know, I'm not gonna go around and tell someone else about my mother's problems or my yeah. what all the people doing. you've spoken to, yeah, exactly. So, well, he was he caught, used this example. It, was, it wasn't in the Gary V one. It was another interview with um, fuck that guy with the afro. He's based in New York. He's got a James someone. Anyway, the point is, he was t- talking about like this story of Paul Newman and how Paul Newman was down, and that's how they came to know each other and all that sort of stuff. But what I got from that is that it seems like this game. It's sort of like if I did an analogy to finance, you've got, if you're dealing with businesses, it's like wholesale, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then when you start speaking to financial planners or particularly private wealth, high net worth planners, they will never disclose a single fucking thing. Mm. You you will never get an idea as to what is going on in their world Mm -hmm. other than some basic statistics. Yeah. I mean, all we've really said is what people already know. We have a couple of different... You know, we're not we're no different to any other agency. Mm. We book shows, we look after talent, and we make some merchandise. How does this thing grow then? Like, do you think that you need not to talent? Be- yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Like, as in, is it further aid? Because, like, yeah. with CAA, they've just brought in lots of different agents. That's mm-hmm. how they grew their business organically. Is it that, or is it just talent? 
No, because we, you know, we, we want to be in, in multiple sectors. I mean, if there's something that intrigues Sam and I in terms of business, then, you know, we'll we'll go play in that field. Um, CAA and, and something that uh, Scooter Braun has done is instead of uh, buying, and, and I'm not saying this is what our plan is because it's not, but um, I thought that this was an interesting approach. He would buy the the company. So Scooter Braun would go out and he would buy the management companies instead of going out and trying to poach the talent. talent. Yeah. The thing that's super important about, um, you know, working with uh, with talent and being business partners with these people is there's a there's a relationship there mm. you know that that's not something like when when someone leaves uh someone that they're working with to go somewhere somewhere else they're not leaving because that person has tied them up by the legs and taken them hostage and brought them over somewhere else they've formed a relationship that is more significant somewhere that that's going to happen anywhere no matter what that's mm. you know that's that's just how it works people grow people change you know um and, 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 you know, some people can only do so much for other people and, and then it might not necessarily fit the direction that both businesses are going. Mm. Um, but I think Scooter Braun was smart and saw that, well, I don't want to come between that. I, there's a lot of infrastructure that I have that if I could plug them into that infrastructure with what they already have, it could help everyone grow there. And everyone growing is a very good thing, mm. you know. When people leave managers and stuff like that, you know, obviously people get shitty about that, but at the end of the day, no, like I said, no one's stealing business. Someone just lost business. That's exactly. All. Mm-hmm. And he, and I think Mike Ovitz spoke about that as well. There was a few instances where he, um, he was managing, no, like some director had reached out to him and he called because he didn't ever like to steal from mum and pop type mm. agencies. Mm-hmm. And he called up the guy and like told him to like say, you know, like you need to secure this client. And uh, obviously, the director eventually moved to him because it's Michael Ovitz. But um, yeah, you're definitely right. It's either you lose a client or you keep them, and it's as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and not to take it not to take it to heart either. I remember my first manager um, talking to me about this, and I was always always very fascinated by what he was doing. Um, and you know, I, I lived in America with him for a little bit, and I got to see sort of his day-to-day and, and him dealing with other people. Uh, and we, we sort of lived in close quarters of one another. Um, so I got to see a lot more than, you know, what you usually would see. You know, you only get the phone call every now and then, you know, whether it's about a deal or something like that. For me, I sort of got to see the back end of what is what actually what goes into managing like? uh, other people's businesses and, and helping them grow. And uh, he was telling me about... Um, you know, a bunch of really successful people that he had that he built and then they went and, and moved on. And he said the first few times, it's like a breakup. It's one of the worst feelings of all time. You know, you a lot of the time, you know these people more than what their girlfriend knows them, more than what mm-hmm. their parents know them. Like, you, you're there for them in terms of more than anyone else. Yeah. You know, money is how we live and survive. What so many of them just want is like someone that actually cares. And that's what so many other talent agencies just... They don't. It's all about business. Where a lot of the time they just want to actually talk as well. Yeah. And actually, yeah, they want someone just to listen to them. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot going through their heads. You get lost in the system. So, so you know, we. uh, That's that's sort of the thing. Is how how do you scale in something like that uh, and keep those 
those connections. So, you know, someone like Scooter Braun, he'd only have, he'd only be looking after Justin Bieber and someone like Ariana Grande and they'd have their own little teams together. But he has those connections with them and then to, to scale that, I guess. You just buy it's very important, yeah, to find good people. To, the way to scale any business is you have to find the right people mm. and grow from there. But that's not revolutionary either. No. Like a lot of companies buy other companies because they understand what I just said then. Like, yeah. You know, that, that's the only common... Uh, sense way of doing it yeah well there's only three ways to do it for you guys it's you can acquire other businesses you can bring on other key agents or you can find more clients so it's one of those three things essentially we like building yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what we like to do mm. more fun out of it you yeah. water a plant every fucking day and it grows and you take a photo of it yeah you know like that's that's the whole that's the whole fun part of it. It's the yeah. journey, and that that's why we like business. And it's the exact same thing. It's just all these little, little shops that we're yeah. setting up for I think everyone. Something we're both obsessed with is just growing. That's yeah. just something that we're all both super obsessed with. I think it's the only way. It's that being industrious to just chip away at it gradually, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in a certain situation where, and I feel like we, Lauren and I, have had that realization recently. You know, like for her to go full time while we've been trying to get this up and going, something up and going on the side of doing a podcast is, I can't tell you, like the last three years has been nuts. Mm. And I can imagine it would have been like that for you guys working full time, but like to to have that battle mentally of like, I don't want to be doing this work. I want to be doing my own stuff for three years. it It is like a... Like everyone says, it is a mental battle in your head. You have to be mentally strong to do it. Yeah. Because you have a lot of time to think to yourself. You know, naturally people doubt. Yeah. it's And you and always have always, those doubtful moments. Yes. But people yeah. will always doubt. Yes. You know, there's still people out there that are doubting Scooter Braun. Yeah. There's still people out there that are doubting all these different people. So, uh, doubt is comfortable for mm-hmm. me. I mean, that's something that I've always had because I've always been very outspoken about my ambitious thoughts uh and and my goals and same for sam mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think it's what you do with that doubt that matters well, yeah if you can channel use it. it to to prove everyone wrong yeah, yeah. i think that's what i do do you uh, you mentioned this scooter braun guy uh what's his uh agency called sb projects sb projects but oh, he also okay. his big thing is also now tv yeah film that they, they don't own sb nation do they no no okay no. cool Okay, so SB Projects is the name of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do you respect in this area at the moment? In this industry? You know, specific to managing talent. Because I've noticed, like, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk has recently, in the last year or two, launched both Vayner Sports and mm. Vayner Talent. Although the talent doesn't talent, actually seem does, like a talent agency. It doesn't manage anyone. Yeah. They just create content for individuals. Yeah. Yeah, like personal branding agency. But they've do- they've done the sports stuff well. That was a smart yes. move by him. Yes. So I'm curious: are there other people outside of a Michael Ovitz or a Scooter Braun that you that you look up to? I mean, definitely people we look up to, but they're probably the only two actually in this mm-hmm. in this talent management industry that we look up to. But like, I mean, I know Josh looks heavily up to oh, Vince yeah. McMahon. <laughs> and I, I look up to people like Elon Musk and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's that's who He's I going one step further there. <laughs> that's who I take uh, inspiration from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Elon Musk. He's a bit of a character. That guy. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. I think they're they're all 
similar in terms of they've just created these universes mm-hmm. for themselves. Um, yeah. And they all I think the main thing to take from them is that they all care about the end consumer more than anything else. Yeah, that's uh, that's for me has been a massive lesson in yes. the last few years is and you you know, you see this generally when you read these books, like at the moment I'm reading Google's book on how they built that company. And it's just the old cliche, like, focus on the end consumer, focus on the end consumer. But it's really until you have something and you're hearing things from your end consumer, you've been in previous, I don't know about you guys, I know you've mainly worked for yourself, but having worked in business previously and you're working for a company and the consumer is telling you something, but the business won't listen, Mm -hmm. that is, and then you see it there in things like that book for Google that's when it really starts to hit home that you really should. Because once you can do that, then you have something that a lot of other people don't offer, mm-hmm, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone looks up to, you know, your Jeff Bezos, fucking Elon Musk, the, the whole, like, they, they are the the epitome of it. Yes. And I think that that can't be taken away from them ever. Like, you, you have to have those people that you look up to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, it just kind of something to take from everyone. Mm. That's the way I look at it. Is I can look at anyone that's successful in, in business, and I can take something from them. They've all they've all made it, so it's not like, you know, <laughs> something's working. So you know, if you can look at them all and go, okay, like, you know, what, what about this person? Yeah. What? Yeah. What is the commonality? What What do they all have in common? Mm. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that product first ethos has been a big thing. And for me, having come from roles that were always driven around sales and marketing, mm-hmm. that was a hard, not a hard pill to swallow, but a hard thing to realize, I think. Mm. You know? People are worried about the back end. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've heard of places that have, uh, you know, like money, uh, like a counter of money in the office, in talent management. And you're like... What do you mean? Like, as like in how much money's coming through for, you know, different events and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And if they hit a quota, then, and like, to me, that is just like the most outrageous fucking thing I've ever heard. That, why, why is that? Because the money will, the money will come. But if, if you're trying to set a quota and you're trying to reach a, a budget of some sort, and that, that's sort of where the ethos of the office is when that's on the wall, um, you end up making decisions to, fit that narrative and not the brand or the person's narrative. Mm. You know, if you need to make a couple of, a couple of more hundred dollars here and there, you start making stupid decisions. You start treating it in a, in a way that it's not meant to be treated whatsoever. Mm. You know, we're not selling product here. Yeah. Yeah. You're focusing on people and mm. what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I think that's been a big realization as well. Sometimes you just got to focus on, again, going back to that idea of product, which in your case is people. Mm-hmm. Um, what when you guys are standing there in the shower and daydreaming, thinking about twenty years from now, what does this look like? I can't tell you. It's <laughs> a great question. It's a very good question. That's, that's all we, we think about. I wish you could tell me why you can't tell me. Just. It's not that I don't know. Yeah. I fucking know. Um, it's just, I think, 
we want to be we want to be able to uh, innovate faster than our competitors can imitate, mm. um, and you know people will see what we do and and we'll see what other people do and that's just how it works. Um, you know we we've taken a lot of different things from a lot of different places and we've created our own formula like every other business has. Um, but these are our um, what is it seven eight twelve. Secret herbs and spices. How much is that? <laughs> I think it's twelve. It's twelve herbs 12, and spices. 12, yeah. The secret sauce. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the secret sauce for us, and the secret sauce will always be there. What's Coca Cola's dream in the next twenty years? Yeah. Keep selling Coke. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. There's my answer. <laughs> uh, um, I was having a look at my phone before, and I realise you guys are probably going to get going. It's three fifteen. <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of other things I wanted to ask you, but um, I think next time you're down, we'll have to save it for that. What have we got? You got any good ones? One or two more? I've got lots, but um, it was, would, it, we'd be getting into a, oh into no, a black to, hole. I need to know now. We'll, uh, do, one, we'll do one more. Yeah. We'll give us one, one black more. hole. <laughs> well, I, the problem <laughs> is that, that before. <laughs> I feel like the problem is uh, that you won't be able to tell me because it's about talent. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we'll keep we'll keep it at that. Um, what I do want to ask you guys mm-hmm. uh, to finish off is some short, fast questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked you plenty before, but this time I want to make it a bit more relevant to this topic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you guys had to give the audience a book on the idea of managing people or agency land or media, what would the book be for Christmas? It's the Michael Overt's book for sure. It has to be, yeah. But I also think, I also think this is something that can't be read and then implemented to mm. be the best. You've just got to naturally know how to do it. Yeah, you've got to be able to observe people and know how to treat them and react to the situations. Yeah, you got to take in many different things in osmosis. Yeah, I feel. Mm. Yeah, you know, and be constantly reading and, and thinking about the space as to what Absolutely. what is going on. Um. In the business you've created so far in Verve, what are you guys individually most proud of? I think the... Jeez, I've never fucking thought yeah, about you that. Know, it's a good question. I think for me, it'd be... we. I, I really did like jump in the deep end. Mm. Uh, it's always something I've been willing to do. I, you know, I love taking risks. And for me, it was just... It was a no-brainer. But I think for a lot of other people, there would have been a lot of doubt there. But for me, I'm just so... You're glad you took that opportunity yes. at, at the time. I think I'd I think I'd agree. I think with the age that we're all at, yes, it's the best time in your life to take those exactly. sort of opportunities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also think you know, I'm lucky enough to have loving parents that even if I was 40 and I <laughs> something happened, I know I can still run back to them and say, hey. "Let me sleep in your house for two days." You know <laughs> what I mean? So I all think I can it's afford this, is cheese singles. Exactly. I understand <laughs> that the the lucky situation that i'm in uh if i didn't take risks then i'd be stupid yeah Mm. what about you josh um i guess i'm proud that i've met sam because without without sam i wouldn't be able to do this so um and i'm proud of i just i everything that we've created the time that we've Mm -hmm. had to spend with each other and yeah and the fact that you know we've been able to just wake up every morning and not necessarily on the business side, but we have the luxury of, of being able to wake up every single morning 
and we like what we do. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people don't get to have. And, you know, I see it with a lot of people. They're, they're struggling to find that thing. And, and, um, and you found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so. it's it's awesome. I can imagine as well because it's it's one thing to have your first sale or deal, and then to have the second one, and then to know that you can support yourself doing this thing that you love doing. Mm. It's quite, you know, it's not often you get those moments to sit back and think about it. I think. Mm. No, that's, I never really do. Yeah, because you're so focused on just mm. pushing forward and growing. Mm. Um. Is there a particular movie or doco that you think in this space of, of media, people, talent, whatever you want to call it, that you always refer back to or have enjoyed the most? Yeah, I, I know one of them, I don't know if this is the one you're thinking of, but it's the the uh, Dr. Dre. Oh, There's yeah. a thing about Dr. Dre, which is obviously a prime example of what is that to, called, by the way? The Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. It's how to create a billion-dollar empire out of a talent. Yeah. Yeah, I think you... I feel like you said this to me maybe in our last interview. That that was quite an important doco for you. Mm. I mean, a lot of these things that we're reading and seeing, they're, they're almost things that we inherently know because you, we just keep having those aha moments where it's like... Oh, that's what we were doing. It's yeah. just—it's nice to hear that it works. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It's totally true. You yes. know, to see someone else doing this thing and mm. knowing that what you're doing is in the right direction—it's the reassurance, yeah, factor. Because yeah. you don't have that when you're an entrepreneur. Mm. Like it's no. just again, you're constantly focused on growing. Mm. Um, any last requests for the audience? Where guy? Where can guys and gals find you on social media? And what you're up to. Follow Verve Network. Yeah. Yeah. Follow Verve Network on Instagram, Facebook. They're the two they're the two uh socials at the moment. Yeah. Um you'll see everything on there. And is there anything big coming up other than you're just about to finish the comedy fest? I think by the time this is out it'll be two weeks from now. Mm. What else is coming up? Tours? Yeah, everyone's got tours. We're going to America to shoot some stuff. Um interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot going on, but uh, we just moved into a new office, so okay. Um, we literally we got the lease the day we left here, so we haven't even been inside yet yeah, to work in there. So you got the keys. Yeah, we've got, we've the got keys. everything. We've had it like well, actually, we you know we've had it painted and everything like that, so it's all fresh. It's all ready to go. Um, so when we land, we leave Monday morning. When we land. Uh, we're literally getting in the car and driving Just straight to IKEA yeah. to to get the furniture and and that's you know the next chapter for us then and so it's it's all it's all speed ahead it's all well look I appreciate you guys coming in I know it was short but you are busy with the comedy fest I appreciate and, um, you having us thanks a lot and it's I think it's just from myself it's it's fascinating to see what you guys are doing um, I think indirectly. Like, I'm a little bit proud just to know that there are people here in Australia from the online space that can do something because I don't think many people have done something in this space, you know, apart from the obvious things like talent. So, it's been interesting watching things from afar. So, well done to the two of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. 
Thank you for making it to the end. Before you run off, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode or do leave us a rating. For Instagram, go follow us on at uncommon underscore podcast. For YouTube, search Uncommon Podcast and don't forget to subscribe if you're watching this video. Also, give us a like or leave a comment on what you thought about the episode. But until next time, thanks so much for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Neural Media. Are you an entrepreneur or marketer who needs help making podcasts, video or animation? Perhaps you don't have time to manage a freelancer or the budget to deal with an agency. Well, Neural Media can help you with simple and affordable content creation, saving you time and money by taking away the pain of producing that content. To learn more, head to neural.com slash media. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com slash media. Play around with our pricing or request a callback directly. Listeners to the show receive a special discount by using the promo code UNCOMMON.